0: This
1: year's donations might go to say
2: the geology department oh dear not the dirt people geology is the study of pressure time huh? that's all it takes really
1: what kind of activity has turned the lint massive
0: look i'm just a geologist i like rocks i love rocks
2: all right everybody hello and welcome to the geology flannel cast. my name is steve
0: hey there everybody this is chris hello
2: this is Jesse. <laughs> ah, Excellent, there, Thornberg. Uh, tonight on the Geology Flannelcast, we have an extra special—no, not really extra special—but uh, we are talking about Biffs.
1: What does Biff stand for, Steve?
2: Ah, uh, Biff stands for Biff Tannen from the 1985 classic uh, *Back to the Future*. Say hello to your mom for me. Uh, no, Biff's
1: <laughs> the first line that's on the outline, and I know yeah. he got so excited to say that He's just been waiting all day just to say that.
2: <laughs> no, Biffs stand for Banded Iron Formations, and you may say, like, okay, it's an iron formation. W- why does it get a special name? Well, uh, it's pretty predominant across the entire planet. That's why he gets a special name.
1: Hey, so oh, I, I actually. OK, I want to start off with this quote. There's a. Oh, there's, I'm excited.
0: Go. Yes. This so, was previewed before we, we started wait, recording. It's, yeah.
2: it's not say hello to your mom for me, because that's <laughs> yeah. the only quote I had.
1: Uh, it's a little more elegant than that. All right. all right, Got it. So this is I use this reference book a lot. It's called an oasis in space, earth history from the beginning. And it's got a lot of great information. In it. It's by a gentleman by the name of Preston Cloud. All right. So he starts off the section on banded iron formations. I'm just going to quote the textbook for this. Like, uh, I think it's just one sentence. All right, here we go. The bell of the crypto. Let me do that one more time. The... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thought in my head, like, don't screw it up when you're reading. You're <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> the bell of the cryptozoic rocks, beautiful much of the time and interesting all of the time. Goes by the name of Banded Iron Formation, Biff for short. That is.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I like the, the bell.
1: I like that the bell of the uh, the cryptozoic rocks. Beautiful, much of the time. Interesting, all the time. <laughs> I like.
0: I'm going to start referring to rocks that I'm confused by as crypto. What was that? Cryptozoic. Cryptozoic.
1: Yeah. Cryptozoic. There you go. I don't
0: know what's up with this rock. It's cryptozoic. <laughs> Oh but it is. It's interesting all of the time. Interesting say.
1: all of the time. So, well, um, yeah, which according,
2: one? according to uh, Encyclopedica Britannica, um, they're chemically precipitated rocks. So sometimes when you think of sedimentary rocks, you might not think of them as chemically precipitated, or at least I don't. When I think of sedimentary rocks, I think of like, sand settling down or clay settling down or or silt settling down but these are actually
1: well if you want to go with the classic rocks yeah, yeah. and and well I, that's
2: what i'm saying i'm saying when i think said rock i think classic said rock you know not classic rock like led zeppelin or something but um, <laughs> so these are thin bedded or laminated consisting of at least 15 percent iron uh,
1: more than that too.
2: At, at least fifteen yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, like thirty or and,
2: so. And it's usually layers of uh layers of iron rich sediment, chert, chalcedony, jasper, quartz. Um and what's interesting is they form on they're formed on all continental rocks. You can basically find them everywhere across the planet. They're they're pretty ubiquitous. If you can find rocks this old, bam, usually these bits are there. So
1: So I guess uh, we should start get started real fast. Just, you want to just want to do like a background information on Yeah. Like timeline. I I'm not, I'm not even uh, just kind of going off script here, but I was just kind of thinking Ooh. like I like we so we've talked about uh, Pre-Cambrian time You know we just did an episode on snowball earth And, and stuff like that um, And we're going back like way 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 back in, in the beginning actually uh, This kind of ties in with the episode That we did on the origins of life mm-hmm. um, Like way 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 back in the beginning Like before there was like You know th- originally there wasn't any Oxygen in the atmosphere and Or there, wa- there wasn't you know th- There wasn't a prevalent oxygen In the Earth's atmosphere and that's what these banded iron formations are are, are recording. And they're, they're, they're not made anymore. and they in, in order to well there was actually a couple of hypotheses on, on how these things formed, but the, the, the winning hypothesis that people are tending to uh, tending to stick to right now or, or go with is that they form in an environment where there's not much readily readily available oxygen. And there's actually a couple a couple different variables at play here that, um, that are required really for, where I, you know, yeah, to, to, make these, uh, to make these banded iron formations. And uh, we're dealing with, with iron here. And, you know, when iron, just in general, when iron comes, uh, when, I guess we should also talk about, now that I think about it, the two types of iron. There's ferrous is iron too ferric is iron three yes and okay so uh, what happens is uh ferrous iron comes in contact with oxygen and it 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 it, it gets uh, oxidized it gets rusted basically so the 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 ferrous is you could say it's the reduced state of iron and the ferric is the oxidase oxid or the um yeah well you can say the oxidized uh, state of state of iron
0: Saying uh, ferrous and ferric is good to identify their oxidation state. But whenever you say like ferrous iron or ferric iron, it's a little bit redundant since ferrum is the Latin word for iron. Ooh, so yeah.
2: you're That's where if you
0: ever wondered where F E on the periodic table comes from. There you go. Nice. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, and, and, Oftentimes in I think industry, ferrous is a term that gets thrown around just for metals in general. Yeah. But but there are there are deeper meanings to these things. So Fe2 is ferrous and Fe three is ferric.
2: And so okay, so we're we're talking about these banded iron formations, which is great. You know, we have these. Banded iron, so it's it's layers, right? It's like alternating layers of red and black and like these pretty like super bright colored layers. Um, but like Chris mentioned, wh- where did it come from, right? There's iron coming from somewhere and they're laying down in these precipitated layers. So honestly, th- this is all super old stuff that we've been talking about for the last few podcasts so they're pre-cambrian um we're talking 20 god
1: oh it's gonna just gonna say exactly what you were gonna say
2: yeah like 2.5 billion to 2.8 million years ago
1: 2.8 um, no,
2: so no 2.8
1: million all of its billion just stay in the billions it gets as it goes into
2: yeah, 2.5 billion to 2.8 billion. Did I say million? Uh,
1: you said million there. Ah
2: I'm stinker.
0: That would, <laughs> I that, apologize. would that, that would it's be that would be weird. Towards
1: Pleistocene. <laughs> that would be weird. Yes. Right. <laughs>
0: it's been nonstop just iron just dropping.
2: <laughs> dropping like it's hot. Uh, no.
0: So uh yes, two
2: point five billion to two point eight billion. Um with secondary peaks deposition in the uh, like around like 1.8. And then I guess the minor amounts were deposited about uh, 750 million years ago. So, you know, this stuff is old. So basically our planet was there, you know, we were, hot molten rock we cooled down we had some water it was iron rich water and then until we started having essentially photosynthesis or something to produce oxygen in the atmosphere yeah. then you had all this iron rich water that started to rust
1: so I, I mean, that's that's
2: the basic background. Yeah,
1: you had this iron-rich water, but it was dissolved in in the water.
2: Yeah, right? yeah. So, the, so you're so you're, the ferris- you're talking like a, a salty water, but instead of the salt, imagine it
1: being iron. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand. So before oxygen, it was all um, it was all ferrous iron. Ferrous. Just we'll just say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so used to say. <laughs> so it was all ferrous before, and you needed some source of oxygen. And so that's the really important things is with the banded iron formations is they started forming when we see that pulse of oxygen coming in. And so it's like, well, where, where is this, uh, where's this stuff coming from? And and what Steve's uh, like, Steve said previously, it's, it's from your uh, like, basically cyanobacteria kind of started off and, and uh, just kind of like this, like the, like the simplest, like first traces of life. And that starts uh, taking that and starts oxidizing the ferrous into ferric. And when that happens, then it falls out, it precipitates, it falls out of solution. So, one of the other things that I think we should mention is that these banded iron formations, um, it's been noted that they have, there's two different types of them, and they form in um, two different environments. So
0: I'm on I the did. edge of my seat here. Cause I don't know about this. This is news
1: to me. Oh, you didn't know about the two different types. I, <clears throat> I didn't, I did. Yeah. So it all comes down to what's your source of iron, right? So the two types of biffs. number one, there's the algama type and those are related to volcanic arc settings. And basically the, the source of this iron is coming from submarine uh, volcanism and uh and then there's also the superior type, or sometimes it's also known as the lake superior type. And this is found more on a uh, continental shelf type environment. And there's, there's no direct link to volcanism at all. The source of iron is from your weathered crust. So we need continents at this point, right? And we need, uh, you know, Lake well, tecton- plate tectonics are turned on by this uh, point. But one of the significant things with the, the superior type of BIFs is that we look at? Um, there's really there's a, a scarce amount of clay minerals, lithic fragments, uh, detrital feldspar, and heavy minerals, also known as like like your your mafic minerals, basically. And so, what that's telling us is that it's coming from areas with a lot of, or, or with a lot of chemical weathering going on. That stuff just it does it just all gets chemically weathered out. So there's no there's no um, no evidence of any of that stuff. But uh, but both of these, both of these uh the biffs are similar. Um, uh, they both have uh, thin layering ranging from less than a millimeter to several centimeters. see uh, that that alternating like chert iron oxide, chert iron oxide layers. Um so one other fun thing about uh biffs is that you can take biffs from uh kind of I guess they all kind of look the same basically is what I'm trying to say (laughs) Yeah,
2: what's interesting about the Biff's too is um, you know maybe you've seen pictures of Biff's maybe not but uh, if you're watching our video or listening to our podcast look up a picture of a Biff and it's usually like these bright red bands separated by like these black bands but it's like bright red like oh yes that looks like rusty iron and it turns out the the iron deposits that we mine for you know all basically almost all the iron on the planet the iron doesn't come from the bright red what you would think oxidized chert that that that's the bright red chert it's actually the dark black bands in between is where the the most of the iron ore is which is Caught me by surprise, at least when I was doing research on the biffs. I thought the red stuff would have been the iron-rich stuff, but no, it turns out yes, it does have iron in it, but it's actually the black stuff in between. That is the that's where you get your money, so to speak.
1: So the um, the black the the darker layers, the iron-rich layers, they're usually the main minerals in them are it's either hematite or magnetite. And uh, one of the, without going into too much chemistry, because I, it's it's Friday, we both had long weeks and <laughs> I don't know if any of us want to handle chemistry right now, but basically uh, from uh, the research that I was looking up, the way that you get the magnetite forming is that the, um, the, the iron oxide comes in contact with some carbon and that carbon basically pulls out some, uh, it turns into CO2. Right? When it comes in contact, you, you, you get CO2 as a byproduct, and then you get magnetite forming as a result of that. Huh. So that's kind of, yeah, the, basically the difference between the magnetite and the hematite is that the, the, the magnetite just kind of came into contact with some carbon and then kind of changed it around a little bit. Um, oh, the, and the other point that I was trying to make about the, about the BIF before Steve so rudely interrupted me. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm the worst.
1: <laughs> if you give me if you give uh uh, an expert in biffs uh you know biffs from you know just a a random biff they they can't they're not going to be able to tell you where it's from because they all pretty much look the same it's not like some rocks like you look at it and you're like oh i could tell you exactly where this rock is from or you know something like that with biffs it's it's tricky because they they're they all pretty much are just they look they all look uniform there's really not much there's a little bit of you know of uh variation with the way they look, but they're, they're pretty uniform across the globe. Um, so I guess, uh, let's see, where should we go from here? We could talk about. Uh, we could talk yeah. about the cyclicity of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah.
2: So. So the cyclicity of it. So think of the cyanobacteria basically. Uh, eating up all the CO2 that's in the atmosphere. So it's then busting out all this oxygen which then causes all the oceans to rust which then you reach that equilibrium then the oceans rust and they settle down so you get this this band of iron then the cyanobacteria has to start all over again and then start reproducing all this oxygen in the atmosphere and then it gets the oxygen in the atmosphere gets to a point of saturation where the ocean starts to rust again so in modern day times we could think of this as like uh seasonality where you have something what are called varves in lakes where you have uh spring thaw which then dumps a ton of sediment into your lakes because just glaciers or snows melting stuff is being poured into the lakes. And then you have the fall where you have all this organic material, leaves and all this other stuff just dumping into your lakes. So you get all this organic material dumping on top. So in in lakes, we get these things called VARs where you have these light bands of just sediment input in the spring, or then dark input from fall and winter where you have all this organic material plotting in. So the, the banded part of the banded iron formations is believed to be oxygen reaches a critical mass. The oceans rust. It sucks all the oxygen out of the atmosphere It happens again. And you get these bands of, uh, iron basically being deposited in the oceans from a uh, not not quite similar like not quite seasonality thing but uh, basically the oxygen saturation reaches a limit then the oceans rust and then you have to build that oxygen back up
1: so the other thing uh, I just want to want to point out we're not dealing we're dealing with some really old life here right And the the life that we're dealing with are uh, they're prokaryotes, right? So a type of prokaryote that we all know of is cyanobacteria, right? So these things back in the day were very, very, very sensitive to oxygen. All right. Oxygen is a very, they say like a very caustic element. It's uh it's it's a pretty nasty thing by itself, right? And these, the very like, earliest of life, these prokaryotes, they just, if they came in contact, they could handle like tiny little bits of oxygen. So they, they produce oxygen as a waste product. Okay. And they could, and what they did was, and they didn't, they were able to kind of kick that oxygen away from them uh, so that they wouldn't, it wouldn't harm them or wouldn't kill them. But if they were like, if they just had, if they were in an environment with lots of oxygen, they would die. right? And that's kind of one of the things that we see that Steve was talking about with this, these cycles, um, you know, they're, they're kind of spitting the oxygen out. You put some oxygen into the oceans, it turns from ferric to ferrous, the, the, the types of iron that's that's inside the ocean, the, the ferric kind of precipitates down, it falls down, when the oxygen levels get too high. And then that, that, that heightened oxygen levels that, that, you know, kind of uh, stifles the, the 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 prokaryotes or the you know the the early yeah. life
2: not not to be too gross but we ingest a lot of stuff and we expel a lot of stuff and imagine if you had to sit in a room. <laughs>
1: Of carbon dioxide Uh, no (laughs) i i
2: I wasn't going with carbon dioxide but all the stuff we expel from our bodies eventually it would become unhealthy and you would die so
1: yes if you're sitting in a room of carbon dioxide (laughs) or, or,
2: or sitting in room of a septic system is more of what i was thinking but yeah
0: i mean you just use up the oxygen yes
2: anyway so uh yeah it it you know that that's where you get these you get these critical masses, and then you <laughs> break down, and then you get back to the critical mass. And
1: so. well, there were actually some thoughts about the the Biffs being related to seasonality as well, because uh, these these prokaryotes did use the iron that was a, that was a nutrient that they that they used in their in their metabolism, and it was thought that there could be some type of like seasonality of upwelling of iron from like, if you had like, like uh, these, like uh the submarine volcanics or the um, like the, the smokers, stuff like that, that's spewing out a ton of iron. And then there's some, some upwelling that are that's linked to some type of seasonality. Um, you know, that comes up and you get this, this dump of ferrous into the oceans and that spurs the growth of, of these, you know, of the primitive life and then boom, and they start kicking off oxygen and then, you know, there you go.
0: And that makes a lot, we see, you know, cyclicity with upwelling today, Mm -hmm. either, either seasonal or you look at something like El Nino where you have the layer of the oceans or the main sort of circulation of the ocean every couple of years, Gets affected.
1: Yeah. Al- also, we see it with uh, dust storms coming off of the Saharan Desert oh, in the yeah. Atlantic Ocean. So the one thing in some of these areas, just the one variable that's missing for like a huge algal bloom is just iron. And so the dust storm. This actually goes back to a book that Jesse's reading about dust or something like that. He showed <laughs> us earlier. What, what was that book called? The Secret Life of Dust. The Secret Life of Dust. There you go. So you get these uh these dust storms from the Saharan Desert coming over and it just dumps all that stuff into the Atlantic Ocean. You add you add um you add iron into the ocean, boom, boom you get a big algal bloom. Well <laughs> a-
2: hang on, Chris. You're you're going off of the uh outline.
1: I was never following the outline to begin with. <laughs> well,
2: <clears throat> if you were word- Following our perfectly organized word (laughs) outline, you would know that our Patreon and our ultimate sponsor, honestly, uh, 4 Formula, would smack you on the wrist right now. Did you go to Catholic school, Chris? I did. Yeah, see. All right. I'm going to find one of the nuns who taught you at Catholic school and just have her slap you across the wrist. right now with a roller. uh so yes formatting com or www forward slash c forward slash no wait youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula um is our wonderful wonderful sponsor um for all of your word documenting needs to uh anything from i don't know table of contents to embedding figures to uh, they can actually personalize that the, the header toolbar. Like you can change that stuff. I didn't even know you could change that stuff. All that stuff. Uh, Formanag formula.com. They will help you out. They're excellent. But if you want to hire them to do your stuff, absolutely they can do it and they can do it fast and efficiently and awesome. But you can also go to you, YouTube forward slash C forward slash Formanag formula. Check out their videos. They can actually teach you how to do the stuff yourself. So, um, but even more importantly than that, make sure you tell them the geology flannelcast sent you because let's let's face it, they literally keep the lights on. So thank you, Formatic Formula. If you have any questions, please send them to us or send them to the Formatic Formula. We will help you out as best we can. Thank you.
1: So back to dust oh.
2: <laughs> we're all just dust in the wind, Kansas let's, there, let's do it
1: there was uh, there's some kind of going off topic, but it's a fun topic related to dust and iron, so it's still still on the uh, um, you know, on the agenda here uh, in terms of like kind of halting climate change, right especially like the the warming climate, there's been some thought experiments about maybe all we need to do is to um, dump some iron into the Atlantic in some of these areas where you get these giant algal blooms to release oxygen. Cause we all know the climate is to, to really simplify this really water this down. Um, it's this, this relationship between carbon dioxide and oxygen. So when you get more, more oxygen in the atmosphere temperatures tend to get colder. When you get more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, temperatures tend to get warmer. So if if we could take this iron and all you need, you just need iron pellets, really. It's just, there's nothing crazy about this. And you dump this iron into the ocean and basically purposely cause these giant algal blooms. It'll dump out, basically spit out oxygen. Maybe it'll cool down the the globe. So it's been a little, little thought experiment, but they've been... You know, no one, it number one, it would be expensive to do this, but all you have to do is just to literally get just like tankers of just iron, just boom, dump the iron into the ocean, boom, spur an algal bloom, and you get oxygen to the atmosphere. But I think the one fear is what if you accidentally set off an ice age?
0: Well, I <laughs> always, that's, I mean, that's a fear I carry daily with every action right? I take. <laughs> the day after uh, tomorrow
2: taught me anything.
0: I, yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, just general, that's, that's the idea of photosynthesis where you, where you draw down CO2, you know, photosynthetic organisms are using CO2 and water and the energy from the sun and they're converting it into sugar, you know, C6H12O6 and, uh, and oxygen. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know my, my generic formula for sugar. Uh, (laughs) um, And so you know, if we fertilize the oceans, this idea of this is sort of like low scale geoengineering. Uh, aside from ice ages on a smaller scale, it, it would cause an algal bloom. And algal blooms uh, in general are really bad for ecosystems where they yeah, happen. they like kill everything. They kill, they because they they um, <clears throat> while they do produce oxygen, um. Uh, algae overturns really quickly. Like it, it, it grows really quickly, but it dies really quickly. And so when it dies, then bacteria breaks it down. And so algal blooms use a lot of oxygen that's in the water and actually cause anoxic conditions. And they can also poison any fish that are or any aquatic organisms. Um, they, they are also... Yeah, they're just it's usually when you have an algal bloom it's bad. That's why if you look at say like um your your detergent for your um laundry detergent, you'll often see that it says that it's uh, phosphate free or fo- free of phosphorus. And that's because phosphorus is is one of the limiting um, nutrients that oftentimes uh uh, uh these algae's look for and so if it gets into waterways it can cause algal blooms and yes. so we've taken it out of detergents to prevent this and you know <clears throat> it, it's a big problem around agriculture too because fertilizers have a lot of nitrates and a lot of phosphates which uh, algae just loves just causing the bloom and they're they're bad news so while it would be good for cooling off the planet it's probably bad for the, the ecosystem in general uh, also ice ages
1: yeah ice. see
0: <laughs> well I, and there would be an irony that, oh that's a good use of iron, oh, iron right nice uh, one. if if we if we recreated some of this this uh fertilization with iron these iron filings so we're we're using biffs and we create a snowball earth uh, we go in reverse you know we're we're Biffs came at the end of the last Snowball Earth. Let's do it. Huh? I oh, I should I just want to give a real quick shout out. When we talked about Snowball Earth last week, uh uh Patreon and fan of the show, Vince really loved our pun. I think it was yours, Steve Gondwana in 60 seconds. It was yours, Jesse. <laughs> I think it? it was yours. It was yeah. ours. Oh, no, no wonder I thought it was so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he said we really we really missed an opportunity when we had biffs at the end of the snowball earth. We could have said back in business. <laughs>
1: huh? uh, That's terrible.
0: No.
2: But honestly, right, if, we're gi- if we're giving cut shout-outs cut out right out. now, I'd like to give a shout-out to our Patreon Michelle who basically called us out on biffs like well how do they form yeah. how, how is this How is was this happening and we were like we will get to that <laughs> and here is here we are getting to it so <laughs> we all
0: we all hung up on the call <laughs> we all ran not, away not quite not quite
2: that hardcore but close uh so uh you know just just to get to you know the basics that we've been kind of talking about skirting around so yes there's iron in the ocean there's iron basically everywhere our our planet's cooling off from its formation then we Iron's get the
1: fourth most abundant element and right. uh on earth's crust
2: so then we get this cyanobacteria basically bleh, burping oxygen it gets to a point where all right well you know we all know what happens when oxygen hits iron it rusts. Blam drops it out drops it out in solution we get these gigantic uh banded iron formations so the one thing
1: though uh i think that's really cool is that when the iron falls out and just imagine the stuff collecting at the bottom of the ocean floor it's like a gel or an ooze right Ooh. Yeah, it's not just like little little like you know granules of, of iron. It's it's a gel, and it doesn't actually turn into a solid until uh, diagenesis. Huh. So you have alternating layers, and like you said, we had it's basically the most simplest way to explain this. You have, you have your iron rich layer, and then you have your cherty layer, right? Well, how does chert form? Chert is a silicious ooze right? It's the first thing yes. you always learn about that. So it's an iron ooze, silicious ooze. Iron, It's just a pile of ooze where, you know, some, depending on where you go, sometimes they'll say the word gel, but you know, I it's, always, just,
0: yeah, it's all just
1: just different layers of ooze and it turns into a solid during the process of diagenesis. Oh,
0: that'd be so weird because it's probably dense. I mean, it is dense. It's iron. Yeah. yeah. So imagine holding this dense gel or ooze in your hand. That'd be really we did, weird.
1: We did a... Uh, a podcast on the first stint, like years and years and years ago, about some—I—I'm uh, I, vaguely remember this story, but someone in a submersible somewhere actually filmed—they—they they found like these like lenses of silicious ooze, where that would eventually become chert. Huh. And yeah, hmm. we did it. Like it was man. So it was it was like way back in the beginning, but we were talking about a news story where they actually saw these like busy puddles of salacious ooze at the bottom of the ocean floor. That's crazy. That's where it comes from. (laughs) And you
0: do, uh, you you see like the bottom of the ocean today is, is ooze and it's, it's a a lot of organic material and the organic material is really interesting. comes from all of the, the, the single cellular, you know, planktonic, Organisms that are alive today, that when they die, they just sink to the bottom and they sort of pile up because in really deep water, you have very low oxygen. So there's not much bacteria to break it down. It's pretty anoxic. And so it piles up. And so you get all this carbonaceous ooze that's on there. there's all this organic material. So the bottom of the ocean, the majority of the ocean is, is sort of just mud. It's this muddy ooze. And if you're above, you know, a certain depth. It it'll be you know uh, you will have uh, carbonates that form so if you're above the, the carbonate
2: CC- compensation depth yeah
0: the CCD um you'll you'll have that but yeah the bottom of the ocean today is is but I, can you imagine iron ooze I'm trying to find a picture of silicious ooze and that'd be really weird to see these lenses of silicious ooze
1: so, oh thought experiment question all right I love it all right so we we're talking about I want to go back to this uh, seeding, seeding the iron, seeding the ocean, right? If you get an algal bloom, right? If you form an algal bloom, right? But then all that organic material, when it dies, just falls down to the deepest part of the ocean where it's already anoxic, doesn't really decompose. Is that really going to alter anything? Is that going to cause that negative feedback loop that sucks out the oxygen? If it just kind of falls down to the anoxic zone? Uh yeah, because it won't break down. It won't break down. So as long as that stuff doesn't decompose, then you have a, you have a natural suck, it's not gonna suck the oxygen out. Because the, oh, the, the, oh. the decomposition, the decomposition yeah. of that organic material, yeah. I guess it's a deep oxygen yeah, yeah, that's and I think I, that's, know, and algal, I, gotta, I gotta revisit the study, but I think that was I think you're right, because algal
0: blooms are bad. But mainly in, in freshwater lakes. and surface water. Yeah. yeah. Like the
1: Chesapeake Bay. That's uh, yeah. That's not freshwater. Yeah, so these, that's shallow. Yeah. Shallow, yeah.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 see if we can buy a ship and buy some iron. So let's
1: then I con- guess like the the, f- the big fear is setting off an ice age, then. But-
0: well <laughs> if we stockpile enough doge coin, we could buy uh, a ship.
1: I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we'll I- just
0: we'll stock the ship with provisions to, to weather out the, ice. it will be like one of those old timey um, uh, explorers like Shackleton or something. We'll get iced in and we'll just see where the ice takes us. There you go. That's, that's my, my plan at least.
1: So, uh, all right. Fun fact about Biff's. That's not in the outline. I'm going to try to knock you guys' socks off right now. Uh there is a hypothesis out there. It's not the accepted one right now, but it's just kind of a this was back in 1976 by uh, Dim Roth and Kimberly. And they didn't think that BIFs formed in an anoxic environment. They, in their study, said that they felt that they found evidence that um, the Precambrian atmosphere as far back as uh, 3.75 billion years ago contained abundant oxygen. Abundant, abundant is what they said. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, uh, you know, it was. It's always good. They, they, they in, the, in the textbook when you're reading this, in the next paragraph, the author starts to like say, "But
0: uh, <laughs> big, big butt here." I might be a reason we haven't heard about this since 1976.
1: That might be a reason. Yeah, it, <laughs> didn't, it didn't catch on. But, um, but how did they? How does you? How do you form it? Uh, um. It got into, they started talking about the, uh, 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 I don't know off the top of my head.
0: Well, but. that's interesting regardless. Um, <clears throat>
1: huh? Yeah. Well, they got into the, the fugacity of oxygen, the partial <sighs> pressure of oxygen. That's I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we all started, know that they started so come, moving you don't, on. If, if, if you're not into the fugacity of oxygen.
0: <laughs> yeah. As you all know, yeah. anyway, that's yeah. That's interesting. Um, I wish they would have tried to tie together like three different crazy theories.
1: No, it, it seems like it, but basically the thing is the the main argument with that, with their, you know, these guys supporting the fact that uh, these BIFs formed in an oxygen rich environment. Uh, the one, the one argument was that um uh, their their the data they looked at wasn't like on a global scale. Mm. It was, uh, yeah, it, it just, it just didn't have a, a big enough data set basically for it to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. But so, but yeah, so it's just a fun thing right there. I don't think that this formed in an oxygen rich environment, but it was just a and right. Like I said, this is a reference from 1976 too, so it's really old. All so, right, so so to wrap this,
2: wrap up our biffs.
1: You know, the one thing I wanted to say too. Here we go. Oh my all. gosh, <laughs> Chris, carry on. We need. I I don't think that we, uh, you know, really set this point. We uh, we really emphasize this point enough to get biffs forming. It starts off with a. Low oxygen environment, right? We were essentially—you can view these rocks. We only have like we have a window from uh, like 2.5 billion years ago to basically the edge of the end of Precambrian time. Basically, is when when the biffs were were being deposited. So it's kind of the Earth coming to this equilibrium with oxygen, right? It's like this battle, right? So you get a pulse of oxygen, but the whole thing is you go from, it's the earth reacting from going from like basically no oxygen or very, very, I shouldn't say no oxygen, but very, very little oxygen to boom, we get a pulse of oxygen. The earth is like, yo, 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 I'm all out of whack right now, you know, the, the, the iron starts falling out of the ocean, starts precipitating out of the ocean in this this ooze all over the place, you know. What is going on? What's with me? going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. You hit it's that a... tipping point where it's like,
1: ah, nope, that's it. The I'm earth going is... from liquid to solid, I'm out. The earth is going through growing pains, you know. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm thinking. Yeah. What is happening?
1: And it's, so it's, yeah, it's going back and forth. You're getting the, these small pulses of oxygen. And when these, these prokaryotes are, and there's, there's other, other uh, organisms too. We're just the most, yeah, the, the one that most people know of is like the cyanobacteria, you know, you say like stromatolites and stuff like that. But there's also other organisms that will oxidize iron without releasing oxygen as well. So you get these, these, these organisms oh. start growing and yeah, it all they they metabolically they use the, the iron.
0: Oh that makes yeah okay.
1: Um so uh but you end up getting these pulses of you know releasing oxygen and and absorbing absorbing the iron and, and stuff like that. And this is back and forth, back and forth until one thing that we left out the bifs stop when organisms evolve to be able to hang with oxygen. Remember, oxygen, super corrosive, ah. super super corrosive. I mean, that's yes. what
0: that's what kills you. You're yes. slowly oxidizing. Yes,
1: thank that's you. just,
0: that's your point. Yeah, and that's that's how things burn. It's an oxidation process. So yeah, you're slowly right. burning as you die.
2: Yep. Yeah, the fire tetrahedron. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what ends up happening is evolution just needs one more step, and then boom, the, uh, life is finally able to hang in the presence of oxygen. Now that's the game changer right there because now it doesn't matter what your oxygen levels are. These organisms are using photosynthesis and they're just like, blah, just spitting out all this oxygen and the oxygen eventually it, it overcomes. You get a ton of oxygen in the ocean and then it starts spilling out into the atmosphere. And then so what that- you're saying
0: is life finds a way. thank you
2: jeff Goldblum. yes that
0: that that, that's really interesting i never thought about like why the biff stopped in my mind i was just always like oh it just built up enough oxygen in the atmosphere that any soluble iron just sort of precipitated out but that that sort of makes sense that you have the these rhythmic layers where you're where you're building up oxygen, things are falling out, and then you're building up and things are falling on, so on and so forth. Getting these, the, these sort of um, that's why you're getting these band- like, things, yeah, yeah, the banding that makes a lot of sense. You make a little too much sense, quite frankly.
1: Uh oh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So, you, know, you get to the point then, and it's just these organisms just start producing oxygen and mass, and then boom, then you get all this, all of this oxygen to the atmosphere, and then. Whoa! Are we on a crazy ride from there?
2: Yeah. So honestly, so sixty percent of the world's iron, sixty percent, more than half, comes from these banded iron formations.
1: It's a lot. Which is a lot. insane. Like yeah. to
2: think about. Like you're talking about over a billion year old rocks is where we get all of our iron. Uh, and you know, I live in Pennsylvania. And I've worked in a town called Steelton. Like, that's where the steel industry kind of began in Pennsylvania. Like, the, you, you know, the, to think about uh, Bethlehem steel and all, all these different steel industries, like, all of this is based mostly on Precambrian rock. It's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Want to know another fun fact about iron? Yes. All right, here we go. Let's talk about the amazon river right all right uh you guys know how much a- iron's coming out of the amazon river right now it's like crazy how much iron's in the amazon river i would have said
0: a little but you you're leading me with your tone to believe it's a lot
1: what does three parts per million mean to you three ppm yeah <laughs> you think that's a lot of lot of iron that no okay so, the, <laughs> listen, you calm down there, Peterson. Right?
2: It does not mean a lot. No, that's probably background.
1: All right. So the Amazon River, which has an iron content about three parts per million, in one hundred seventy-six thousand years will dump enough iron, ferric iron, to form the Bilobic iron formation. That's in Minnesota. They mine the BIF. Yes. The big BIF formation. Basically. Okay. So what I just said there is so 176,000 yes. years, the Amazon river dumps enough iron out to form the big Biff formation in Minnesota. That's it. I believe bl- I that 76,000 years. That's crazy.
0: That's a lot. Yes. I mean, so you, you also bring up a good point in that, like we, these BIFs, you find them everywhere and they sort of look the same from the same time period, but there's not many rocks from that time period no. left and so like the great lakes region especially in in michigan and, and minnesota are where we find the major biff deposits that uh, essentially we use for our um, as ore for for the steel industry so that that's kind of crazy here in the us and north america yeah. And then, you know, we ship most of that overseas. Uh, I had a number here, and I'm trying to figure out the Great Lakes region. So, I mean, up in Michigan, they call that the Iron Range. <clears throat> um, shoot, I, I had a number, and I just totally lost it on how much that provides. It's in one of your tabs. It's in one of them. I have so many tabs. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here it is. In 2016, Minnesota, uh, in, in the, the BIF deposit you're talking about accounted for 75% of all of us production.
1: That's Ooh, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. And so you're saying we could just be getting that out of the Amazon. I would, so it's interesting if I could tie it to industrial processes, which I love to do, uh, <clears throat> Biffs form as a function of, of oxidation, right? So that's forms the iron. And to actually get steel or get sort of pure steel, you need the Bessemer process.
1: Tell me about the Bessemer process.
0: Well, it's where you take iron mm-hmm. ore and you have molten iron ore and you, you basically use a blast furnace, which is where you oxidize it. So you, you're pumping in oxygen. To, good old frank bessemer yeah to essentially um drive off any impurities like carbon and 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 other things so you, you take you know that that impure iron is what we call pig iron which i don't know the 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 why it's called pig iron here but I'm sure there's a good story
2: you don't need somewhere. to know carry on
0: yeah it was actually henry bessemer as well just oh, I thought it was Frank. Damn. Uh, anyway, maybe it went by Frank. Nope. Henry Bessemer.
1: So I think it's uh, pretty much getting to the end of all we can really talk about with this here.
2: But basically stuff, but- the this process of life. And, you know, it's it's incredible how cyclical these <laughs> things are. So this process of life of creating oxygen these cyanobacteria you know basically all right well we got we got this to deal with we're going to we're going to take this co2 we're going to break it down we're going to we're going to pump out o2 which you know whatever and then bam rust the ocean to the point where all this iron starts coming out of the ocean then billions of years later here we are on the planet being like oh look at this we have all this iron straight up for us to mine and use and create the industrial revolution and you know honestly before that the bronze age like all all these things like it's it's incredible how the planet evolves like this to get us to where we are now. It's
1: crazy. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Yeah.
0: B. Always exciting. What was that first quote you had? Oh. Always interesting.
1: Always. Mostly always. beautiful. Always, oh, the, ba- <laughs> the bell of the crypto cryptozoic rocks, beautiful much of the time and interesting all the time.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pretty much goes for the final guest.
1: <laughs> um, another couple of little yes, <coughs> sure. <laughs> a couple of little fun facts here. Uh, the this is nuts. Seventy one percent of all the biffs that were you know have like greater than thirty percent iron, like the real heavy hitter, um, you know iron deposits here. Seventy one percent of all the biffs formed two point five to two point two billion years ago. So within yep. a Three hundred million year range, you get seventy one percent of all the BIFs being formed, and that accounts for four times ten to the fourteenth tons. Wow, that's a big number. Yeah, four. four with fourteen zeros tons. Um, yeah, so there you have it. Anything else about BIFs? Yeah, I, I mean.
0: There is some, there's, it's, it's interesting with BIFs, you know, one thing we didn't really get into is there's some thought that there was this early, early early-ish snowball-like event associated with the BIFs, because if you're driving, if you're, if you have, during the great oxidation event, where you, where you evolve life to produce oxygen, you're pulling all this CO2 down, that's going to cool off the planet but the problem is it's two and a half billion years ago. Our evidence is so very limited. Yeah. You know, we can't really say one way or the other.
2: Nope. I looked at my calendar two and a half billion years ago. I was, I was good.
0: <laughs> if you, you weren't breaking out the park. No,
2: nope, no. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. So, it was spring like weather.
1: Um, question for you guys. uh Oh, did you guys hear about, uh, so, I know about like the youngest Biffs kind of even go into like Cambrian time a little bit. Basically, it's for all intents and purposes, like the Biffs and all the, the vast, vast, vast majority of the Biffs, uh, you're at like, geez, 90 some odd percent of the Biffs, no more than that, had already formed, you know, two billion years ago. And then it just kind of cuts off. And like Steve said in the beginning of the podcast, around, um, 700 million years ago to the end of Precambrian time, you get a little pulse of biffs with the the snowball Earth stuff going on. About two percent snowball Earth formed about two percent of all the biffs that um, the big the big iron um, deposits greater than thirty percent. But then this table that I'm looking at in this textbook says that 0.2 percent of all the biffs formed. 330 million years I'm sorry 370 million years ago that that was news to me seeing that table I'm trying to think I mean it's a it's a relatively small mountain but um. I
0: mean so that's that's the end what is that end Devonian. and that there's a big um, there's a big uh, there's an extinction event there the FF the Franzian from many and yeah. Oh dude, beach right crack. Yeah, was was that I I wanna say that that's an ice age. I'm almost positive that's an ice age.
1: An ice age. Yeah, I think so. So that that couple I wonder a couple little biffs forming from that thing? Yeah,
0: a little mini biffs. Biff juniors.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're only looking at uh what do we got here? Uh uh 10 to the 12th tons. So uh, still a lot of tons. It
0: was a couple of Amazon rivers.
1: Uh I, I I can't do that math. <laughs> do, the,
0: <laughs> do the math there. Uh
1: anyways, biffs. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We covered it.
2: Uh we talked about it. Let's at least put it that way.
0: Uh yeah, we touched on it.
2: Yeah. So, banded iron formations, uh, we can definitely get more in depth as you like. Please send us an email at thegeologyflatocast.com. Um we're trying to get better at Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on there, Twitter. There was so, an attempt. No, no. We're you know, we're just a bunch of old dudes trying to get with this new technology so he was just
1: talking about how he couldn't figure out how to even open up instagram what is uh no listen computer. are you one of those people that use your computer to to look at instagram i
2: I tried and it was like nope you can't do this old man yeah so (laughs) uh i'm getting there Uh, anyway thanks for calling me out on that chris um (laughs) if you have questions please send us to geology you have comments again geology please tell your friends we're on Facebook Instagram Uh, I don't know uh, checking us out on apparently we have a a LinkedIn check-in so YouTube of course YouTube and if you want some sweet merch check out our website you get some stickers some t-shirts you know some, I don't know some mugs, mugs maybe some your... onesies. I don't know something.
1: <laughs> I don't know if we have onesies. Don't say that. That well, we should have.
2: We should have onesies. Think of all those babies who will be growing up as flannel
1: casters. Uh, I, I I can't confirm or deny anything that Steve said, but uh, we definitely <laughs> got coffee mugs. And if we you wanna, have coffee mugs, if you'd like a geology flannel cast coffee mug, uh, number one, you'll be at the coolest person at your office. And number two, your coffee will taste approximately 20% better. That ready.
2: is true. It is Plus about or minus
1: 20%. 20% so. Um, so we have that there. That Yeah, we do
2: have there. an error range.
1: And, um, <laughs> also, did you say Patreon? Yeah,
2: yeah patreon.com, man. Check us out. You, can, you can hang out with us beforehand. Our Patreons who are listening now can attest that it's, uh, I'm not going to lie, it's probably, you know the greatest time of their lives
0: Yeah. I was, I was going to undersell it a bit and say it was life changing, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Patreons right now. Our Patreon friends are uh, helping us plan the episode 100 coming up in, uh, this is episode 93. So we got episode 100 coming up soon. So
2: yeah. Jesse says life changing. I said, you know, the greatest part of their lives, but you know, it's somewhere in that ring.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're pretty close so anyway thank you very much to our patreons. honestly uh we could not do this without you um thank you again to the, the formattingformula.com. we could not do this without you and you know tell a friend uh t- tell your mom may how's that
1: how about this they don't, have to, they don't even have to be your friend
2: no that's true tell but, somebody uh, by the time we post this, it'll be Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all your mothers out there!
1: There you go. I'll probably get this. Up, I No, I will get this up before Mother's Day.
2: So, happy awesomely Day. outrageous.
1: All right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Yeah,
0: Preston Cloud. Bye.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>